0: TV host, speaker, best-selling author, and proud fur mama, and I'll be sharing real talks with successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, best-selling authors, spiritual luminaries, and high-performance experts in this unfiltered, transformational, and soul-centered podcast. Things are about to get real. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fire and Soul Podcast. I'm really excited that you're here. And before we dive into our first guest, I want to give a special shout out to one of our pod listeners, my number one fan, Tanya Ritchie. Oh, what a beautiful soul. We met through the Tony Robbins environment, and she's just become such a beautiful force of support and good for the podcast, for all the things that I'm up to, and just such a beautiful reflection of what's possible when we go slow. When we take in the information and we're, you know, we're doing all the things, right, to improve our lives so that we can get after our true mission in life but doing it in a way that has such integrity and such grace and elegance. And that's what Tanya Ritchie really is. Uh, so I just want to thank you, Tanya, for listening and for spreading the love and for sharing about this podcast and letting me know along the way what particular episodes and guest stories have meant to you. It means the world to me that you reach out as often as you do, and you are the number one. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And for those of you who do take the time to write in, or write your reviews, and uh, share about the podcast, I can't even tell you what that does for my heart. Like It explodes my heart. So I'm so grateful for all the support, and all the listening, and all the shares, and all the downloads. It's all for you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Today's guest is a very dear friend of mine. I am very honored to call Frank Clark, also known as Mr. Orange an actual friend. And uh, yes, he's a badass entrepreneur, an incredible executive coach and business strategist, but also just a true hero. He's been in my masterminds, especially my digital mastermind since day one. So since March of 2018, he's been in every single program that I've offered. And I've got to see him and witness him and get to know him up close and to see not only how he shows up in business as a leader, as an executive, as a father, as a a man who's gone through a lot, and that's what today's episode is all about, but also how he shows up for our fellow mastermind members, our community, our tribe. I have watched him do epic acts of generosity and showing up to provide and to support. I mean, flying across the country to help people and to really be there for them and to hold people accountable. The man walks his talk, And it's an honor to have someone like that on this show, but also he has a lot of fun along the way. And for a man who's almost 60, he'll be turning 60 next month. He outlives and outshines people half his age. I'm just saying. And that's what Mr. Orange is all about. He says that entrepreneurship is his middle name. Frank. Clark, also Francis Lincoln, has been a serial entrepreneur for over 50 years. He started at the age of eight, y'all. He has started, created, and sold several multinational companies that have produced hundreds of millions of dollars. He's worked with startups and Fortune 50 companies around the globe. He's recognized by top marketing firms as one of the top CEOs in his Field and he's combined his unique methods of management and sales along with programs from Dale Carnegie, Wilson Counselor, and Soundler Sales to produce an accomplished sales and marketing company. Team outreach. He has been a strong student of personal development and NLP for the past 25 years. And he's had the privilege of training with inspirational leaders like Tony Robbins, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, and Keith Cunningham. He's an accomplished life business and success coach. He's results driven with a no nonsense, full accountability approach. He's the loving father of three children and resides in Tampa Bay, Florida. You're going to want to follow his story. You're going to love what happens here and how he reinvented himself after what could have taken most men or women to their knees. Divorce, loss of missus, complete change in life in his late 50s. And y'all, this is his second act and it is the best act and you are going to no doubt be as inspired as I was witnessing this journey, but getting to hear about it in hindsight. It's pretty Epic. So without further ado, please enjoy this awesome conversation that takes you on the full arc of his journey from Mr. Frank Clark, Mr. Orange. Frank, welcome to Fire and Soul. You're my first official guest under the new title, even though this will probably get released way after I release the new title. <laughs>
1: Well, hi, Michelle. And thank you. Thank you for being your beta new newbie client for our podcast for Fire and Soul. And I got to tell you, I'm highly thrilled and I feel very honored that you Aww. want to speak with me. So well, speaking
0: you. of beta, you go way back, OG. I mean, yeah. we met at Date with Destiny 2017. And we're going to talk about that because that's where everything basically exploded for Mr. Orange. And then it was just a few months later, right after UPW San Jose, that I launched a UPW-based mastermind. And you were in that group. And I think you've been in every single group that I've ever created since. So you are my... How could I not have you on? I've watched your journey. You've watched mine. You're my friend, but it's an honor to have you.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah. I remember the date with Destiny in 2017. And I am one of your OGs. I'll follow you whatever you're doing, Michelle. It's been an inspiration watching your journey, watching your growth. Yeah, I'm hitching my wagon to you. So well, yes. I feel
0: the same about you, my friend. Let's bring it back to December 2017. You sure. walked into Date with Destiny. That was not your first Tony Robbins event.
1: I had been doing Tony Robbins events since 1997. It was my first oh. UPW in Denver, Colorado. And then I was blessed to do Date with Destiny in Fiji, in 1998. And the seminar back in 1998 was similar to what it is now, but very different. You know, Tony had just started introducing the six human needs. There was a lot, there was no relationship component part of it at all. And it was Fiji. So it was really magical. You know, we spent time in the Fijian jungle and rainforest and the churches and villagers. I mean, it was just an incredible experience overall.
0: How many people were at that date with Destiny?
1: Probably 150.
0: And how Um, many are there
1: now, roughly? (laughs) (laughs) 5,000.
0: Wow, the intimacy and the privilege of getting to be in that kind of an experience for that type of an event. I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, it was unbelievable. Well, obviously, you get to know 150 people really, really well, and you get to hang with Tony and get to know him really, really well. That was just a magical time of my life.
0: And then what happened?
1: Well, and then what happened is I synchro destiny kind of met my wife, you know, as a result, my buddy at date with destiny happened to be best friend of a girl I saw at the other resort and wanted to meet. And so I ended up my buddy in the seminar who, you know, again, synchro destiny, why did I pick this particular woman and why was she the best friend of a woman I wanted to meet at another resort? And the woman, by the way, I wanted to meet at the other resort, went home the same day as the seminar started. So I'm like, I didn't get to meet her for a year, but ended up becoming my wife. Wow. And we, were married. we were together almost 20 years. Yeah. So that was I a did,
0: true I, date with destiny.
1: It truly was. Yeah. It, uh, when you look at the passport, when she left Fiji, it was dated September 23rd, 1998. Mm. I called her for the first time, September 23rd, 1999. And we were married on September 23rd, 2000, all because of a date with Destiny.
0: Beautiful. So then for the next 20 years, you're building businesses, you're the CEO, you're a full on entrepreneur, you're living where, give us just a snapshot of that two decade period of time.
1: Well, I grew up in Boston and I lived in Boston. Mm -hmm. I had two children from my first marriage there. I was raising my kids and starting my companies all up in the New England area. You know, once you finish your first Tony seminar, too, it's, it's highly addictive. And I wanted this to not just be my lifestyle, but I wanted it to be my family's lifestyle, my company's lifestyle, uh, and the way of thinking. So in total, I did nine UPWs uh, wow. post the first one that I did. Now, some of those I crewed, but a lot of them I did with my staff. I would bring them in different segments and have them experience this Tony Robbins event. And as more and more of my people in my company started going, the other people that didn't want to go would be kind of like, well, what's this crazy stuff you got going on here? Oh, eventually they'll go. And then what happened was their spouses kept calling me saying, hey, Frank, you know, you let my husband or wife walk on fire and now I have to do this seminar Well, I have to come home and it's all this language and you guys are jumping up and down and dancing and all. what's going on? So I then invited the spouses of all my staff to come wow. to you know, Wow, <laughs> so and then they knew what was going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I had, a, I had many years of being involved with Tony and his his stuff. Then I met somebody as a result of one of Tony's seminars. I met Keith Cunningham uh, with Keys to the Vault. I think I was at a Wealth Mastery event, and I met Keith, and I'm like, man, this guy's got some cool stuff. So. I spent probably five years studying with Keith and was part of his mastermind, his CEO roundtable group. For many years, I did that. And then I got back involved with Tony, not as, as a dare, but my daughter who likes to challenge me and I like to challenge her in 2017, January, 2017 said, dad, what are we doing this year? Let's do something cool this year. And we agreed that t- the cool thing we would do is to go to date with Destiny in 2017.
2: Mm, mm.
1: So we registered right away and that's how I ended up at that particular seminar meeting you first time.
0: Amazing. I love that journey. So you came into Date With Destiny married to the same woman that you had married in 99. Also firmly rooted in the belief that you were married to the love of your life. Talked about it, bragged about it. I remember seeing your social media post right after Date With Destiny because we're going to talk about the presence you made in that room. And so, of course, everybody was following Mr. Orange, which we'll explain in a moment, but anyone listening probably knows all about you anyway. But for those who don't, we will unpack it. And I remember seeing this beautiful post at Christmas time, and it was also around her birthday. And I just thought, oh man, he really has it all. (laughs) Because you stood up as part of an exercise that Tony Robbins was facilitating called the spiral dynamics exercise. Can you break that down a little bit and explain how you were chosen and what that meant to you? And how you embodied that version of the exercise.
1: As many of you know, Date with Destiny is a seminar about values and beliefs. Mm. And you, uh, you get an opportunity in that seminar to really understand or really unpeel, if you will, your own values and beliefs and what order they are.
2: Mm.
1: And then you also understand the rules that you have as to why these values and beliefs even exist.
2: Mm.
1: You also have what's called your primary question. You know, what do you ask yourself on a regular basis? subconsciously maybe no not necessarily right out in the front but you know, what do you say to yourself on a regular basis and what is your mission statement you know really what is what is your purpose on the planet where are you going well at date with destiny you get to explore all of that tony did this process called spiral dynamics and the process of spiral dynamics is actually to understand there's eight levels of consciousness and we all primarily reside in one of those eight levels
2: mm-hmm.
1: each level is defined by a number and a color and as you transcend if you will, to the levels of consciousness, you become less egocentric and more globally centric or ethnocentric, where your desires and your dreams become more about other people than they do become about yourself. Mm. Well, each of these levels, again, I said has a color. And for an example, like a level four blue person is very rules-based. Somebody that growing up maybe with a military background you know, has a certain structure, Certain somebody who's been you know, a start Christian or Muslim, ex- Muslim extremist or something like that, that has a certain religious particular belief. They are very rules and very structured. Somebody who grew up in a certain town, maybe, you know, a level two purple. All right. Might be somebody that always, you know, the steel workers, right. Or we work for the auto industry and my dad's company and my dad's dad's company and my grandpappy's company. And we all marry in this group and we all stay in here. Well, those groups, you know, are very egocentric. It's about themselves. It's about about their group and protecting their group. The first group that tends to break out of that, which becomes a little bit ergocentric, is the level five orange. And a level five orange is people who exhibit or who live primarily in that, that level of consciousness are driven individuals. They're, they're all about industry. They're all about business. They're all about growth. They understand that in order for them to get what they want, that they have to help others get what they want. So this is the first time where the growth component of the levels of consciousness comes into play. Now, granted, we are driven, we love making money, we love business, we love all aspects of that. And, you know, we like showing off a little bit too. Yeah, we're all about the growth. We're all about the nice car or the big house too. (laughs) So- What it looks like. Yeah, what it looks like, exactly. You know, Tony, I mean, let's face it, the people that go to- personal development seminars are people that want more out of their life and they tend to be overachievers at some level. And specifically at this, at this seminar, about 80% of the room we would say is overachievers. So when I would talk about as the orange guy that was selected and I'll get into that, how the selection process, the room was very much like me. So, (laughs) you know, Tony went through a process as he defined each level He then asked for volunteers, you know, who in this room is a solid purple, you know, who in this room is a narcissist red, who is like, I want to know that person who's all about giving back and, you know, more about this, the environment and more about social programs as a green. And so people raised their hands, self-selected and Tony picked them. He didn't pick me right away. He picked another guy to be an orange. And I was, you know, of course, jumping up and down on my chair, you know, pick me, pick me. Like a him. true orange wood. Like a true orange wood. I'll, See me, you know, choose we're, me. I'm the guy. We're competitors. Come on. <laughs> I'm the best.
2: I'm the best. <laughs>
1: well, he didn't pick me, so you know, i was like, gosh, oh, I was pissed. I'm like, oh, this didn't happen. But the guy that he did pick didn't do a good job, at least in Tony's eyes. And Tony's like, "Dad, you're not a real orange.
0: He just wasn't a real orange, right? I yeah. remember it.
1: Yeah. He goes, I want a real. Who's a real orange in this room? And I was now screaming. At, at <laughs> You know, give me that. At you swearing whatever it took to get his attention. It got his attention, and he gave me the hat. And then we, and then we were asked to, you know, basically define what we what we like about being our color and what we think about the other colors. So we get a chance. The Tony would say, "Okay, orange. Tell me about those blue people over there. What do you think of them?" With all the, the
0: rules, their, the the yeah, black and white rules. fixed mindset blues.
1: Yeah. Fixed mindset, rules based, you know? And so we defended who we were <laughs> and we had got to play with the other colors, if you will.
0: Yes. And you yeah. were a riot and ev- the, the entire place of 5,000 people was absolutely electric. I mean, because you were speaking most of our language, right? Like, so you're yes. like, yes. And you were the epitome of a true orange. I mean, you knew exactly what wow. to say. It was amazing. And it went on forever.
1: It was a long process. It was a good 45 minute process. Anyways, yeah. you know, there you have a mic and whenever, you know, you get the, if you get a chance to be on the mic at any Tony event, you know, you, be, do, you do become a little bit of a mini celebrity because Tony spends a lot of time with you. Right. And, you know, on this particular process, he spent a lot of time and then I got to be the person that represented most of the energy in the room. And right. Even if, even if you didn't resonate with me, just the fact that I pushed some <laughs> of your buttons, you found me afterwards. I'm like, Hey, I don't agree with that, but I want to meet you. That was fun. And that was funny. It was
0: very fun and funny. We were laughing to like our bellies, hurt. like everybody was just dying. It created such a connection in the room through that laughter and through that resonance of like, oh no, he didn't just say that. And then we would laugh like, oh my God,
2: we feel that way too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really fun. I mean, people would meet me out in the hall. Literally, I would say every you know, fifth to 10th person wanted selfies with me. And, you know, I get this whole, and of course my daughter's there going, oh, dad, you
2: know,
0: <laughs>
1: milking this thing to death. I'm like, Jen, hey, you know, I'm, I'm here to get the most I can get out of this. But so, a true
0: orange wood.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. About status and significance. Sure. Totally. So I loved it. I ate it up. Anyway, so that's how that started. And, you know, for many, many years, I have been coaching people. I mean, you know, you were in a CEO for over 30 years, you get involved in a lot of people's lives, right? And it's not just from a employee employer relationship. It's a a partnership, right? You become involved in their families. you become entrenched in their lives. And everything that I learned in personal development over the last 22 plus years, because I did stuff even before Tony, I was a coach. And you know, I'm constantly coaching, you have kids, you're a coach, you have vendors, you're a coach, you have staff, you know, you're constantly coaching. And I loved doing that more than I loved selling equipment or being in the software business or electronics. I get more joy out of being a coach. And I was like, you know what? It's time I monetize some of this. It's time that I actually put the shingle out on the door and say, Frank Clark, coach, Mr. Orange, this is who I am.
0: It was synchro destiny. It was a date with, it was another date with destiny.
1: It really was because to be picked, I mean, I was picked second. But yet right. it, it happened, right? It happened. The universe lined itself up. That's right. Everything happened the way it was supposed to happen. And well, and then I get the chance to do it again. So it was even better. Right? <laughs> Which was
0: crazy and amazing. Yeah. And I was there for that second round a whole year later. But so I want to go back to, okay, so what was your, you, you mentioned it earlier, the values, the beliefs, the rules, the primary question and the mission. When you left Date with Destiny 2017 as the newly crowned, you know, mini celebrity, Mr. Orange. What was your new primary question?
1: Well, my new primary question was, how can I lead, inspire, and teach more people and create more gratitude in my life every single minute?
0: Beautiful. So you had awakened to who you really were, which is what happens at Date with Destiny. People come in for one reason and then they get so much more that they could have never imagined when they leave and life can truly be transformed. Mine was, and you can't go back. So you leave there, ready to inspire, to enjoy gratitude all the time. Newly minted Mister Orange, go back home with, to the love of your life, and then right. within a few weeks,
1: things changed. I, I was madly in love with my wife, and you know we were together almost twenty years. We were married eighteen of those years. You know, so much so we were you know considered the storybook, picture perfect relationship. Mm. We would renew our wedding vows every single year. We would take turns planning an event somewhere in the world. And it was magical. It was beautiful. And it was something that we look forward to doing every single year. And it was a recommitment of our, well, it was a restatement of our commitment to each other. And we did this every September at the end of the month. Mm. And so, you know, when this happened, prior to going to date with Destiny, my wife at the time had indicated, you know, that that she was having some issues with you know turning a certain age and we all get you know turning age it ends in a zero or a five sometimes there's a lot of self reflection during that time and then she openly said you know i'm having some problems with this well i came back from date with destiny you know you have a relationship component and you have a relationship goal and you write a love letter to either yourself your mm. the person you want to be in a relationship with or the person you are and so you know pouring out of my hands on the on the seminar was the greatest love letter i thought i ever wrote
2: mm.
1: then my wife has her birthday the day after Christmas. And I, I, you know, she doesn't want to party. So I, you know, put together this, what I thought was just a magical gift of video of 60 plus of her friends and family and people in her timeline, just wishing her happy birthday and telling her how much they love her. And, you know, I had it professionally put together and, you know, I can't even begin to tell you how many hours I put into this Mm. to show her how much I love her and appreciate her, you know, and it wasn't much further after that, that she had told me that, she wanted to separate because this turning in a certain age had her really concerned and so i was kind of shocked by that but i honored her wishes to be separated for a little period of time and that separation all i wanted was my wife back i just wanted you know wanted my life back to what it was because you know you leave this euphoria of a seminar and you have all these great plans and the last thing you want to be do, you know done is be hit by a freight train day one practically of coming home. And that's kind of what happened. You know, she had a a path in her mind that the next decade or the rest of her life was going to look like. And that didn't include me. You know, I
0: when she said that she wanted to separate because she was concerned, was that really what it was? Or what did it ultimately unfold to?
1: Well, what it unfolded to was whatever it was that she wanted to do in her life she didn't have me as part of the, the, the picture in it. And, you know, being a couple that never fought ever, we never fought ever, you know, I didn't know there was a problem, at least to this degree. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not responsible for divorce, right? Because I honestly believe in my heart of hearts that you create, promote, or allow everything in your life. And 100% responsibility, you know, is 100%. It's, I'm 100% responsible for my life. And so on a conscious level, I didn't see this coming. On a subconscious level, probably if I really sat back and analyzed, you know, things I travel a lot. And would probably, there were probably a lot of things, I'm sure, that, you know, participate in the demise of a relationship. So I take full responsibility, even though in the moment it felt like, you know, I was getting hit upside the head with a shovel. And, you know, all of that goes with that. You know, when you're the highest of high, the most romantic that you think you can be with another person and they don't want you, they reject you. You know, this to me, it's like a death. You know, for sure. 20, 20
0: and years is a lot of time. And, a, and you're Mr. Orange. It's
1: yeah, so here I'm, I'm a little about miniseries. what it looks
0: like. You're promoting the greatest love of your life, the magical fairy tale story where you met at date with or through date with Destiny 20 years prior. And then for this to come out, I mean, my heart broke for you in that time. I knew, I knew how hard it was, and we had become friends. So I really appreciate you letting us in on how painful this was in that moment.
1: Yeah, it really was. And I, and I, you know, I guess part of the blessing also for me is, okay, it's one thing to go to a seminar. It's another thing, okay, to then to be a little mini celebrity in the room. But then there's another thing when you leave a seminar like this, you get to know so many people and so many people approached me as a result of that Mr. Orange experience that mm-hmm. I now had 5,000 new friends. I, mm-hmm. You want to talk about a support system to totally. go through a tough time. I mm-hmm. couldn't have been blessed with more beautiful people. You know that whole community reached out to me and was whatever you need, Frank. Whatever you need, you want Mm -hmm. want to cry, which I did a lot. You want you know just a shoulder to to cry on. You want somebody to vent. You need you pissed. You want to just yell and scream. And I had guys that I box with that are like, come on, man, let's go hit some bags for a while, right? Yeah, get that out of you. And I was blessed to have that because you know, like I said, divorce is is like grieving, and there are the phases of grieving. There's the the sadness part, and then there's the pissed off part, Then you're going back to sadness, then you're back to pissed off and then back, you know, this whole back and forth thing. Mm. And it was my daughter, actually, again, you know, some, the brilliance of your, your children. My daughter said, Dad, I'm just gonna let you know something. When a woman's mind is made up, it's made up. And when it's done, it's done. There's no going backwards. And you've always taught us that, you know, when you have something that's in your life that you want to get rid of, you can get rid of it quickly or you can, you know, like a Band-Aid, pull it off real slow and tear the hairs out of your arm really, really slow. Or you can just rip it off and get on with your life. And wow. You can agonize over this all year if you want, or you can have it the start of probably your greatest life ever. Rip the Band-Aid off and let's go. Whoa. So I did. I did. That's I a little
0: orange right there.
1: That was a lot of orange right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so how far into the process, did she say, rip the bandaid off,
1: let's go? Pretty much right away. You know, as soon as, as soon as it, it appeared that my begging and crying wasn't going to work, she said, dad, this is, she's not coming back. So it's time now. And that's, I mean, I got all the information early. It was like February, March is kind of time frame when it was all to come down. And by the end of May, it was done. I mean, right. we had everything legally done because when you make your mind up, which is again, the next phase of one of the phases of grief is resolve. Yes. You hit to the point of resolve and you're, and you then decide I'm not turning back. Okay. This is the way it is. Mm -hmm. As Churchill says, when you're going through hell, keep going, don't stop. And that's what it was. I was feeling like I was going through hell, but I wasn't going to stop. I was going to finish this up do whatever the situation is, you know, financially, emotionally, whatever that is. Okay. Now let's get on to the next chapter. Let's create my next level of destiny, which has been amazing. I mean, it's been it's been an incredible ride. It's been a, a, pretty much like about a year, almost to the day that all that came and finalized. And I've just had an amazing life. <laughs> I
2: really and, am. And there. it's fun
0: to watch it from <laughs> afar. And because you've been in every single mastermind or lab or course or whatever I offer, I get to see so much of what you do up close. And I get to see how you contribute, how you engage, how you give. And everybody loves you. It's not just from afar. It's not just like because of a social post and, oh, chime in, that's Mr. Orange. Anyone who has the privilege and the honor to get to know you on an intimate, personal level, I mean, the respect and admiration for you is beyond. And that's why I had to have you on. I'm like, you're just, you're such a beautiful soul. And you've stepped fully into your second act, which is what this pod is all about, how to master your second act. I love that you shine so brightly as an example of that. What were the first steps, though? So you rip the Band-Aid off. And you're like, OK, got to pull the bootstraps on. I got to make this happen. Find my joy. Live my destiny. But what does that look like in practical terms? Actionable steps for anyone listening who's not quite there but knows they want to get there.
1: Well, I think that, you know the first thing when you, <clears throat> you want to take serious action on anything is first really know where you're at. Okay. Let's look at really where you're at. Get on the scale. Look down to numbers. Don't be afraid. <laughs> okay, <laughs> You know, this is what you're doing.
0: Frank, Thank I you. weighed this morning. I hadn't weighed in like three weeks. I was like, Oh God, what am I going to see? And it was way better by the way than I thought. It's like, God, I'm hard on myself. You know what I mean? So sometimes yeah. they can work for you or against you, but you got to know where you're at. You're right.
1: You got to know where your starting point is, right? Okay. Divorce is a financial nightmare also. So you got to know where you're at. You got to know where you want to live. You got to know how much money you have. You got to there's probably some other Band-Aids that you're going to have to pull off. There's probably some other wounds you got to lick, you know. You know, you got family, you got children, you got divided things now, right? And mm-hmm. you got to address it face on. And, and my attitude was always, you know, I'm not here to badmouth anybody. I'm just here to get on to the next phase of my life. This is not a revenge, part, revenge party. This is not about anything else other than let's find out where we're at and let's get started. And the first thing that I got started, which I think most divorced people do, is let's go get divorced body. Right. Let's go. Let's, <laughs> get, let's go first. Right. Divorce, lot. I'm gonna look good. You know. Yes. I'm with look, look.
0: with my shirt off. Oh, there yeah. were lots of shirtless selfies coming exactly. up exactly for a long was, time. There.
1: The only suit I wanted to look good in was the birthday suit. <laughs> there, <right>. there you <laughs> go. All right. So yeah. So you know, you hit the gym, and I went on these 60 day challenges for my body, and lost 25 pounds and 10 percent body fat, and wow. I was looking lean and fun and but that wasn't it. I, you know, I, needed to, I needed to remind myself of what was most important. My own status and significance on how I look is, yeah, that's nice, but what am I grateful for? What am I really grateful for? And I started you know, a small YouTube channel called Gratitude, and my buddy up in Boston, we just started filming little snippets about what we're grateful for and how you can introduce gratitude into different parts of your life, your communication, your goal setting, all of that because I wanted gratitude to be the forefront of every decision that I made. What am I grateful for? Mm. The second thing, you know, I guess when you become, when you're an entrepreneur, you're a results-driven person. I look at the big picture and I say, what is this going to look like? What do I want it to look like one year from today? And paint that picture, write that vision, do the vision board, write a letter to myself dated one year from today and say, I had the best year ever, tell me all about it.
2: Mm. Because
1: it already happened, it's a letter written in the past, you know exactly where you are. And so I spelled out everything that I wanted to do. When I coach people, that's a part of what my program is you do that. And then we reverse engineer how to get there. And because I had such beautiful people in my life, like you, Michelle, you know, who I obviously was able to check in with and and meet with periodically. You know, those people hold you accountable and they're there to help you. They're there to support your vision and your dream. You know, hiring a coach, hiring somebody to keep you on track. That's right. Really critical to me. And so I did that. You know, I hired a therapist and I hired a business coach and I hired a life coach and I hung around people that were going places and, and being That's happy. And not just going places in the same field of, of electronics that I was always in, but in the field of human development and in the fields of helping other people. Absolutely. You know, your request, since I've known you, is to help other people. Yes. And, and those are the people I want to be around.
0: Yes. Big thinkers, big dreamers, big, but big action takers, not just talkers. I have a you question know, for you. Did your tribe change much? I mean, when you get divorced, it's such a couple, 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 you know, kingdom. How did that play out with the second act?
1: Well, even just to step back, I mean, second act really is like, okay, it's the next chapter of your life. Whatever you de- deem is like your next chapter. And most people, that's when they hit like 35 to 40 or whatever, right? It's like, okay, what's going on, right? Something major happened. To me, it was a divorce. So yeah, now to kick in the second chapter of my life, I'm gonna make it better than the first chapter. Mm. Yes, I love that. Make it better than the first chapter because I have all this experience now, I have all this knowledge, I have all this self-help, I have all this shelf help, I got all this books (laughs) and tapes, man. I got everything, right? Let's kick it in the gear. Yeah. And you talk about your tribe, yeah, okay. You have the joint friends, Mm -hmm. and I lived in Southern California when I was married for the good part of my marriage. Mm. So you know we have the the friends that are friends with us, and I didn't you know reach out to all of them and just say, hey, I I expect you to be my friend only or her friend only. I didn't. I just let I let things play out the way they were going to play out.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And most of my friends in California, at some point in time, whether it was two months, six months, or a year, have reached out to me and said, hey, Frank, just want you to know we've always been team Frank. Mm. and this is a tough situation, and you've never taken advantage of of bragging or boasting or bashing or anything. You just live. We're Team Frank, and so a lot of friends that I might have lost in the moment, you know, have come back around, and that's great. You know, when you're involved in, like, if, if you've ever been involved in any kind of substance abuse program, and I know it well because a very close friend of mine, a very, very close person to me, was involved in it, so I learned it all firsthand. If one thing they talk to you about is, you know, people, places and things. You have to disassociate your yourself with the people, places and things that were harmful for you in that in that part of your addiction. And the same thing's true here, you know, I needed to divorce myself, not just from my ex wife, but the people, places and things that would support that you know me having to remember all the all the anniversaries or me having to hang out with the people that they wanted to live in the drama you know some people love drama and they will and they love the story and they want to keep and all they want to do is foster the story and oh don't you feel bad and frank doesn't this hurt how much money did you lose and I don't want to get into that. I want to get into what we're doing. Now You really so, yeah. kept
0: the high road on every yeah. conversation that I would have with you too. And we had many one-on-one where we would meet, bring my Samson, and <laughs> we would share. And it was always high level. It was You were always a 1,000% accountable for your own experience. What I love about this is that when you disassociate from the people, places, and things that would remind you of it or keep you mired in it, that's another level, I think, of second act too, and correct me if I'm wrong, where you, you must learn to embrace the uncertainty. The yeah. unknown and dive into that, like ripping the Band-Aid off versus letting it paralyze you in fear.
1: Well, yeah, it's when you go through 40 years of your life, you acquire a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not just talking about the physical stuff. Right, you know, right. And cars and, you know, knickknacks. You create a lot of stuff. And the stuff is your memories, and the stuff is the lessons you've learned, and the stuff, other negative things, the stuff are your limiting beliefs you've stacked on top of other, one, on top of the other, on top of the other, right? I, I did a seminar one time, and I remember one of, one of my biggest takeaways was throughout your life, you have an event that happens, and it can be traumatic, okay? And when you're five years old, and the little girl you had a crush on ignores you, that event happened, right? But what also happens is you put a meaning to that event. Yes. Right? And as, as five years old, like, oh, all girls are mean. <laughs> you know?
0: All girls don't like me.
1: All girls don't like me.
0: Right? I don't matter. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough.
1: Exactly. And then you go through life and then say, okay, then you have another event. Well, it's a high school prom. And you ask the girl you wanted to go out with, right? And she denies you because you don't want to make enough money or you live in a certain part of the world, right? or your skin color is a certain way, or whatever it is, right? Then you put a meaning to that. And that meaning for the event that looked like the first event stacks. Yes. Then you get married and you get divorced. Then you're in a relationship for 20 years and you get the shovel hit inside your head. I want a divorce. Hmm. And there's all events. But what we're stacking, or, you know, the stuff I talk about, are all these meanings that we keep stacking on top of the event, Events, the events, it happened, it's done, it's in the past, nothing you do to change the event. What I can do is change the meaning. I can always change the meaning of way I look at things, no matter what the event is. And even if it looked like something similar in the past, if the meaning I put to it doesn't serve me, if it doesn't make move myself better emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, if it doesn't move myself forward, then it's not a meaning I want to carry on anymore. Beautiful. write The meaning. Right?
0: Beautiful. I'm, I love that. Rewriting your story, rewriting the meaning, letting yeah. the event be the event, in a in a neutral perspective.
1: Neutral, and what you're doing really is you're decluttering your stuff. Okay, your your meanings, your your horrible primary question, your horrible belief systems. Hmm. And your stuff, okay? Look, you know, I'm not going to fight with you over the blue plate when I got divorced, all right? And if I won the blue plate, really, at the end of the day, do I really want the blue plate? No, let's get rid of this thing. Whatever stuff you have laying around, I mean, if you're if you're moving shit from like one house to the next, and you've moved 15 times and it's still in a box, and you're hanging on to it, it's time to let it go. Yes. So this chapter, it's time to let it go. You know, it's time to just start decluttering your stuff.
0: Well, how do I get you over to my place to declutter my closets, declutter <laughs> my life? Come on, no, Frank.
1: I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. It's this simple, okay? Because I just did a decluttering thing with a good friend of ours.
0: I know, just last yes, weekend.
1: Because, before you declutter something, really, the person who's who has all this stuff needs to look at it and say, "And this is Marie Kondo. I think that's her name. That does okay. a lot of decluttering stuff. You know, did it bring you joy? And yes. if it brings you joy, then you keep it. And if it brought you joy." Maybe, and you don't need it anymore. You look at it, you thank it, you bless it, and you give it away.
0: I am so ready for you to come over with a U-Haul and a big, big trash can. And we'll just like take some to Salvation Army, the other to the dumpster. Let's do it.
1: I'll do it, Michelle. I'll come back out and do it again. But here's- will be so much fun. Oh, it will be. And we're going to go skydiving after we finish too. We got to do something that's, you know, break the freedom, right? Or celebrate, anchor it in.
0: A hot air balloon ride. Because that for me is the fear of heights.
1: And then we'll jump out of the hot air balloon.
2: Oh, down. hell
0: no. <laughs> and I'm not doing <laughs> a bungee jumping damn thing in Vegas.
2: <laughs> so but you are
0: a rock star. And so I want to let everyone know what you're talking about. So there's a uh, fellow masterminder who's also an OG, an original gang stuff from the original days. And uh, we've all just grown together and evolved and unpacked a lot of bullshit and really connected into a beautiful tribe she is, was in the middle of wanting to really own her freedom and just, you know, abandon her old bullshit stories that were no longer serving her in her second act. Right. And she had also just purchased her mother's house. So you had agreed to help her declutter her life and really step into her freedom of that which she really wanted. So what did that process look like? Because you, you offered to go to her, fly from the East Coast to the West Coast, show up at her house that right. was not what you expected, I don't think fully. It wasn't what any of us expected because you showed us in Facebook lives. It was, it was like an episode of Hoarders. I mean, it really was. I say that with all the love and respect in the world. When you listen, love.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There was a few more things there than I expected. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, An understatement. Yeah. You don't know what you're necessarily walking into, but the, you look, the intention was to help and the intention was to free her of things that were holding her back, right? Emotional ties to stuff, If you're tied to a certain, you know, where you grew up, or you're tied to a certain friend, or you're tied to your your dog, and you lost, you know, you lost your dog, or you lost a loved one, or you moved, that's okay to have those memories and it's okay to hang on to those things, right? But in your place of where you live, it should be a place that's open and expansive, you know, because hanging on to all this stuff becomes a weight and it and it affects everything you do. When you don't have room to You know, because there's so much stuff on your table that you don't have room to sit down and break bread with somebody or have just a meal and a great conversation. You know, things are piling up on your bed or whatever, and you can't, you know, you can't make love with your partner. You just don't even have space for that, your intimacy and romance, right? Or when you have so much stuff kicking around that every time you look at it, it creates a negative memory for you or a sadness and grief.
0: And an you know, a stress, because I know that's what was happening for her as well.
2: Yeah. It, and it, for it, so
0: many of us, I mean, we have it, I have it in three of my closets. I won't even open up the door because it, it just overwhelms me. So I close the door and I pretend like it doesn't exist, but it's always there weighing on me. It's in always there. To open
1: the closet door, think of it, opening the closet door in your life, right? Mm-hmm. You declutter, you get rid of all this stuff and you open the door to a fresh new room.
0: Mm, sounds so good. Light. So that,
1: freedom. I mean, when, when people go out and look and buy in a house, right. Mm-hmm. Or renting, even renting a new apartment. What they do is they walk in and they see it open and expansive and, they, and then they go and they start visualizing their things and where yes. they're going to go. And I guarantee you when people visualize their new space and their new house, and if they were to sit here and right now and just close their eyes and visualize their beautiful new home, it wouldn't be filled with papers and junk and crap. It wouldn't be. It would be open and expansive and, and like inviting. And, and so if you can visualize that, then you can manifest it. If you can see it in your mind's eye, you can create it.
0: Beautiful. I love that. And so just to bring that full circle, you went to her house and you helped her for two full days. And there was a, there was an army now of you of also mastermind members that swept in to either record it on camera or be a part of the decluttering. And then you gave us a before and an after tour on live video in the Facebook live challenge group. And I mean, it was like better than I think you call it was better than any Netflix show. It was better than Marie Kondo. You called it Facebook flicks. (laughs) And we were all just like hanging on to every word in every new room and every new cabinet because it was pristine. It was like a model home. It was absolutely incredible. And then to celebrate and commemorate all of this freedom, all this letting go, you took her,
1: to freedom california believe it or not i we this was you know synchro destiny
2: wow
1: we were supposed to go to watsonville california well we did go to watsonville california to go skydiving over the whole santa cruz bay area
0: and over the coastline it was the most epic skydive oh, it was gorgeous. videos and photos i'd ever
1: seen And as we're driving, by the way, to the jump site, we're seeing Freedom Mall and Freedom Center and signs for freedom. And we actually were in Freedom, California. That was was not planned at all. And my friend, you know, that was her word. She wanted to be free. And she actually wrote the word freedom on it on the palm of her hand and had a heart with a smiley face on the other hand. Mm. So she wanted to do that. So we got up in the plane and she jumped. She put her hands out for the video person to, sh- to see freedom as she's ascending. Yes. Well, we went up 13,000 feet and jumped out. And we're jumping out. I'm looking down. I was the first one to go. I know. I was looking out of this plane going, we're over the water, guys. <laughs> uh, aren't we supposed to be over the land here? What's going on? <laughs> And you, I'll tell you, there is no turning back. When they open, this is a tiny little plane. Yeah. And there's probably 10 of us in this plane, stacked body to body, right, on a little row. And the, the jump master is right behind you. And the video guys are lay on the floor. And then they put, take this roll-up door. And it rolls up, and you're feeling all the wind from 13,000 feet. Imagine, like, a cloud of just rush of air coming right at you in a little tiny plane and you sit on the edge of this opening of the little plane with your feet wrapped under God. the plane. Oh. hand over your chest oh. <laughs> looking down and it's one two three go and you are in there pushing you right out of that plane oh. you're somersaulting and you're going you're free falling for nine thousand feet
0: It was incredible to watch. Oh,
1: what a rush. What a
0: rush. And even to witness it. Was that the first time you had gone skydiving?
1: No, that was the third time. In 25 okay. years, probably, yeah, I've gone three times.
0: Okay, uh, I, I went once, and I don't really feel a need to ever go again, but I'm happy to do something else that, that scares me um, as part of the decluttering process. It was so epic, and it was epic for her. It was truly transformational. But that, again, is part of you stepping into your second act, showing up for others, making your mission of serving others, helping others, inspiring others, be put into action. It was incredible. By the way, I loved how you were true to form and you wore your bright orange, representing <laughs> Mister Orange from the sky.
1: Yes, I did, Mister. And you know, I was trying to get an orange shoot, but uh, <laughs> my friend got it. Got the orange shoot. She had an orange shirt on, also. So we did represent the whole orange energy and getting stuff done and freedom. It was it was a very rele- you know freeing and releasing moment in her life, and I was so blessed to be part of that and to help
2: her through that. Mm. Can
0: you put down because we're wrapping up? Can you can you put it down into some sort of an outline of let's just say this is the blueprint for the second act and how to truly master that for for those listening? I, I know we touched on it, but just streamline that if you can. Sure, because you have a process, right? And we want to let everyone know that you've got is it a is it a monthly membership? Is it a one on one? What does that look like if anyone's interested in working with you?
1: Well, if anyone's interested in working with me, you know certainly reach out and get a hold of me. The program is evolving. You know we started the first one, it's a 6 week program. It's called The Second Act and it's about again, what aspects of the second chapter of your life are you involved with? And we started it off with a little challenge, a, a conquer your clutter challenge. So get rid of the things that aren't important in your life. And that included, you know, all your your refrigerator. Let's go through that and let's declutter your the horrible food you're putting in your body. Mm-hmm. Let's declutter you know, your stuff in your garage, in your closets, in your medicine cabinets, in your your bathroom, right? Let's also look at decluttering. What are the people in your life that are not Mm. serving you anymore that you Mm. call, they maybe they call you friends or acquaintances, but they're really, they're just negative energy, you know, really let's let's declutter there as well. And then let's also sit down and start to declutter some thoughts. What are the limiting beliefs? What are the disempowering statements that we say to ourselves all the time?
2: Mm.
1: Let's work on that. So Small aspects of decluttering your life so that you're at a starting point. Again, you want to know where you're starting. Another big part of starting a, of a second act or anything else is the act of forgiveness. Forgiveness is giving up all hope for a better past. So whatever you want to let go in your life. Oh, say that it
0: again. Go. Say that. Forgiveness is what?
1: Forgiveness is giving up all hope for a better past. Oh, we that's will never so
0: beautiful. Be so you're redefining the meaning on the stories that happened that you might have had pain around or suffering around, but you're letting it go and f- for it to be better.
1: Forgiving it, forgiving it, forgive yourself, forgive the Beautiful. people who hurt you, forgive, forgive whatever it is because the past will never change. Hmm. So forgive it and free it and let it go.
0: Hmm,
1: I love that, Frank. Focus on gratitude too, Michelle, is really important, right? What are we grateful for?
2: Hmm. What
1: do we want? These are the fundamental basis for second act. Now let's get into, okay, you know, we're in our 40s and we're dating online now because we're new to our 50s and we're dating on, okay, what's that all look like, right? <laughs> oh, geez, I, I used to be the high school football star. Now all I want to do is run a mile and my knees are all screwed up and my shoulders are all twisted up and I, boy, I got a little dad bod going over here, right? Or well, maybe your, your whole significance was based around the fact of your children and that's great. But now they've grown up and now you're an empty nester. What does that look like? Or you're getting ready to retire, and you know what? You didn't put enough money aside, okay? And not shame on you, but let's, hey, let's, let's, let's create something that you can do, some, do something about. Or maybe you've been working for the same company for 30 years, and they downsized, and you were part of the downsize. And you're looking at yourself, and you go, damn, I'm 55 years old. Uh, you know, and right away, the mind goes to, well, I guess I'll be working, you know, Starbucks or McDonald's or something, right? Schlepp in Hamburg. No, you have unbelievable skills. So let's tap into those skills. And maybe now, maybe now you want to start a company. Well, I've done six of those, okay? So I can help you start in your next business. I can help you understand what it, your, your passions are. Mm-hmm. Now, and you're going to be part of a group and a community, a tribe of people that are going through the same thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? The same thing of this loss, Ne- not necessarily have to lose to be part of it, but you're in this next chapter. What does it look like for you? How can you have more in your relationships? How can you have more love with your family? How can you, you know, manage through the your children being parents now, okay? Or maybe you're a grandparent now. How can you navigate through your finances if they get decimated like mine did? Right?
0: Wow! So- and so you take your your clients through. A process of how to get clear, how to get focused, how to take action, so that they create an incredible second act.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Every aspect of it is accountability. Every aspect of it is what do you really want to do? Now's Mm -hmm. the time that you know you still have a lot of great health. You've collected human capital—just the people you know over the Mm -hmm. forty years of your life. You know, look at how rich you are, just in people you know that are resources for you to catapult your life into everything you've ever wanted. Well, let's use those resources. Let's use the resources in your body that are still strong and healthy. Let's Mm -hmm. use the resources. Let's, Let's cleanse. Let's declutter your mind if necessary, okay? And let's get on to really, you know, living what you love, living your dream.
0: I love it. And you are a beautiful example and epitome of that. You're now in love.
2: You've uh, moved I am. Yeah. You've started
0: a new business. You have downsized some of your other companies that were no longer serving you. You've split amicably and peacefully and with forgiveness with your ex. You are truly living the gold standard of a second act, which is why I wanted you on, but also you're a dear friend of mine. And it's a beautiful thing. As we wrap up, and I'm beginning to navigate this whole New Fire and Soul podcast. So I'm thinking of this in real time. What
1: is an awakened soul? What is an awakened soul? Wow, that's a great question. Well, the word awakened to me means refreshed. Mm. It means re-energized. It means opening the door to newness, to opportunity, to dreams, to light, to blessings. A reawakened, a reawakened soul to me again is, is. Somebody that's just alive again. You, you have a new breath of energy. You have a new life, right? I don't know. It's just like opening your eyes. Op- opening your eyes, and when you open them, everything that's beautiful in your mind is now a reality.
2: Oh, that's gorgeous. <laughs>
0: I love that. And that is the purpose of this, the new focus on this podcast is taking massive inspired action like you do, but from an awakened aligned soul, which is what I see happen for you. What was the gift of your
1: divorce? Well, the gift of my divorce is at some level, you know, I believe that you can get caught up in so much of your stuff. You can get caught up in the day-to-day routine that you take things for granted. You take mm-hmm. your health for granted, you take your partner for granted, you take your employees for granted, you take your customers for granted, your children for granted, your health for granted. Don't do that. Uh, you know, Don't do that. If if every day you could start with why this is important, imagine if every single day or even once a week, right, the person you loved walked up to you and said, I'm going to tell you why I'm committed to being with you for the rest of my life and why it's so important. That you know that I love you unconditionally and, and with everything, that, every fiber in my body and why it's so important that you know that I will never do anything to disparage or break up our relationship and why I will just continue to do that and be the, the person you want me to be. Can you imagine if somebody took just two minutes, two minutes a week to tell you why you're so important? If you took two minutes and told your kids why, they're, why it's so important you're a great parent, or two minutes to tell your employees how, why, you, why they matter or your customers, why you give a shit that you do business with them. Mm. Can you imagine a, a planet that like starts with why every day ends with why. So why don't we start with why?
0: <laughs> I love that. So the gift of the divorce really clean perspective on don't being take it. Yeah. Don't be being grateful
1: for, granted. for all you have be grateful for what you have. If, if tomorrow you woke up with only that you're grateful for today, what would you have? Right? So be grateful and don't take it for granted.
0: That is beautiful. Well, here's to the fire and soul within you and that you ignite in so many people that you've attracted into your tribe, into your programs and your courses. And here's to your second act.
1: Thank you, Michelle.